segundo a hierarquia espiritual, according to the spiritual hierarchy, when speaking of homeopathy, allopathic medicine and homeopathic medicine should work side by side and not separated. This is what the hierarchy says. This may not be the thinking of allopathic medicine, and it may not be the thinking of homeopathic medicine, but the spiritual hierarchy offers the suggestion that homeopathic and allopathic medicine should work together, and that it is very good for a doctor to know when to apply allopathic medication and when to apply homeopathic medication. So we come to the conclusion that every doctor should also be a homeopath because homeopathic doctors do not constitute a separate category of doctors. According to the hierarchy, every medical doctor should know how to apply homeopathic medicine as well as allopathic medicine because, according to the hierarchy, both allopathic and homeopathic medicines have their benefits. The spatial rays have an allopathic effect. So allopathic medicine is no offense because the actual spatial rays are allopathic. That is, the spatial rays themselves cause an opposite effect in whatever they strike. So the spatial rays are allopathic. So allopathic medicine was not invented on earth. The rays themselves are allopathic. And according to the hierarchy... The human physical body, the human organism, is also allopathic because it is a laboratory that processes everything. And sometimes it processes things that are not similar to what the body is as a whole. Therefore, we should be open-minded and we should not separate these two areas even though these processes are different. We should learn to work with both of them, and we should be open to benefiting from both of them, allopathic medicine as well as homeopathic medicine. The difference is that in allopathic medicine, one uses medication that causes effects that are contrary to the effects of the illness. So allopathic medicine combats the illness. And this is one process. It may be good for some people, but not good for others. And if it is not good for some people, it may be good for others. And homeopathic medicine prescribes substances that produces in the patient effects that are similar to the effects of the illness. It's the opposite method. But because it is an opposite approach, it does not mean that one should exclude the other. Both should be applied by doctors. Doctors should be familiar with both treatments, and they should deal with medicine from both points of view and make use of all these medications medications that are specific to each of these branches, because we should not confine ourselves to a single method of treatment, because certain methods of treatment 
are not appropriate for everyone. There are some methods of treatment to which some people respond well, and there are others that the organism does not accept. Actually, all these methods of treatment, all this, medicine itself, is a means. In certain cases, medicine is a means to stimulate the activation of a person's primary energy. So medicine itself does not cure. Homeopathic medicine itself does not cure. And above all, allopathic medicine does not cure. What does the healing is the individual's basic energy, the primary energy. And without the activation, the stirring of the individual's primary energy, no curing at all takes place. One can take all the medicines in the world, but it would be of no use unless the individual's primary energy, the individual's basic energy, is not activated. So those doctors who are able to engage in experiences in both fields, in homeopathic medicine and in allopathic medicine, should be open to using each and every method for a treatment because the doctor should have the intuition to discern which is the most adequate method for that specific treatment and not just be a specialist, do you see? Because this question of specialization was the death blow to Western medicine, death blow in a certain sense, because medicine is very advanced, quote-unquote, because specialization gave the death blow to the original meaning of medicine, but let's put this aside, because it's not an issue here, because our idea what we propose here is that every doctor should use everything, should apply everything. Every doctor, whether he or she be allopathic or homeopathic, acupuncturist or healer, should be the most complete doctor possible. A doctor should also be a contemplative and a priest if we take this subject to the monadic level, to the level of our highest spiritual being. So you can see that contemplation, healing, and priesthood work together, not apart from one another. So a doctor must be a very open being to so many systems, so many methods. All of them are important. Besides all these, if the doctor becomes receptive to what we call contemplation and to what we call priesthood, in this case, from the point of view of our spirits, which, after all, are incarnated, these ailing bodies contain an incarnated spirit, don't they? So from the point of view of this incarnated spirit, an all-round doctor is also a contemplative and a priest. 
When we say contemplative and priest, we don't mean anything religious. These words are perfectly scientific. That is, a contemplative is that scientist, if we want to call him or her a scientist, a contemplative is that person who is able to integrate the realities of the inner world with the outer world. So a doctor should basically be a contemplative because if not, the doctor will only be dealing with people's physical bodies. He or she will only be dealing with people's external worlds, only with the external part of the individual's problems. But as a doctor or as a contemplative, he or she must integrate not only these outer aspects but unify them with the inner aspects because if the inner side of an individual is not integrated with the outer side and vice versa, there is no health. And so doctors treat the same patients their whole lives. Why does a doctor treat someone for years on end? Well, first of all, because of the individual's karma, and then because the doctor is not a contemplative. He or she is simply a medical doctor, but the contemplative is lacking. The ability to integrate, to unify the outer life with the inner life is missing. Now, we are saying that the doctor should also be a priest. A priest is not a reverend or a minister of any religion. But what we call priest is an individual who is a pure expression of higher laws of evolution, not only of material laws of evolution. If we are only doctors, we represent well-known material laws, psychological laws of evolution and so forth. But if we are priests, we will be expressing not only normal, natural laws of evolution, the laws of evolution that we all know, but we will be expressing higher laws of evolution, evolutionary laws of the soul, evolutionary laws of the spirit, evolutionary laws of the solar system, and not just of this earth. Not only of the chemistry of this earth, because the chemistry of this earth is poor, and so it's not only of the chemistry of the earth, but of the overall chemistry, of the spiritual chemistry. And to do this, the doctor must also be a priest. That is, he or she ought to be an expression of all this. The healer stands between these two things. The healer is situated between contemplation and the priesthood. And there we find the all-round formation of the healer. Because as healer, he or she has the capacity to harmonize the form with the essence. Otherwise, he or she is not a healer. Otherwise, the person is a regular doctor. Regular, that is, the person who takes care of the form, who harmonizes and treats the form. The healer is more than this. 
the healer treats the form, but more than this, he or she harmonizes that form with the being's essence, because not all external forms are in harmony with the essence of the being. So the healer, who is more than just a doctor, the healer works to bring about harmony, because when our external form is in harmony with our inner essence, there is no longer any conflict, there is no more illness, there is no more lack of health. So the problem with our form, the problem with our physical body, is that it is not in harmony with our essence, that our essence, for example, is androgynous, and our physical body is either male or female, the problem begins there. So our external form is male or female. Our essence is neither male or female. Our essence is androgynous. So it's the healer's task to harmonize this in the being. The healer's task is to help the person become transformed into an androgynous being. It's the healer's task to deal with the masculine aspects and the feminine aspects of the being so that the person becomes attuned with his or her essence. Our essence is neither masculine nor feminine, and it's useless to keep on dealing with these aspects alone or to keep on struggling against one or the other, because we are neither men nor women. In essence, we are androgynous. And since externally, even in our physical bodies, we are not androgynous, we are far from being androgynous, the healers have to deal with this. And dealing with this brings out the science of the healer, the healer's intuition. When a healer is going to treat someone, he or she will either balance out these aspects in the individual or harmonize these aspects if they are already balanced out or help the individual to transcend these aspects and accept his or her condition on a level that is above these masculine and feminine opposites. This is what the healer does because the form will always stand out in contrast with this essence, because essence is not divided this way. See, we are in male bodies, in female bodies, and we have nothing to do with this. Our essence is androgynous. Our essence has already resolved this and is already far beyond such conditions. Humanity exists in physical bodies, and besides being in physical bodies, it exists in either male or female bodies. Humanity needs healing the whole time. Humanity has to be supported the whole time by the energy of healing until this humanity becomes transformed, becomes transmuted. There will not be an adequate transformation in humanity from this point of view, as long as it is in a physical body, because these two aspects, male and female, are very evident in a physical body, in normal bodies. This is very evident. So humanity will always have to cope with this issue. 
Physically, it is natural and healthy, and from the perspective of the law of reproduction, it is normal. From the perspective of natural evolution, it is normal. It is a perfect body. From the perspective of procreation of the species, the way it is, the body is perfect. Is this clear? But our essence really has nothing to do with this. Our essence is another state, another stage. And we, not as personalities, but we as souls, we as spirits, are already seeking this essence. So we, as inner beings, also need healing. That is, we need harmony between these realities, because we as monads have to be incarnated in these bodies. We have to be incarnated in this humanity until it has completed its cycle and until it starts to become more subtle. A large part of this humanity is already subtle. A large part of humanity is not in the state we are in, physical, with these laws, having these two polarities. No, humanity is not all this way. Within this same planet, there are sectors of humanity that exist on the inner dimensions of the Earth. Inner dimensions means the subtle dimensions of the Earth, not inside the Earth, buried there. They are in the inner dimensions of the Earth. They are in the dimensions of the Earth that are not physical. And this part of humanity is in very different conditions. To begin with, they don't have physical bodies. So they have these two aspects, the masculine and the feminine, but they are not physical. And this is already a great relief for them, do you see? Because just imagine, if in one life you are in a female body and in the next you are in a male body, then three or four more lives in a male body, and so forth, throughout incarnations. And at a certain point, the soul can't take it anymore. Moreover, when the soul is already seeking its androgynous essence, because the soul discovers this, and the spirit, the monad, is also open and discovers this. And so we are living a stage of the evolution of humanity, of the surface of the earth, in which we already have an intuition of these things. We are already perceiving these things. And there are some people who begin to perceive these situations and live their lives normally because these beings have self-control, their nervous system is well articulated, their brain is healthy. So they manage to get through all these stages and cooperate with human evolution cooperate with human evolution, that is, accept this condition of being male or female, of being in a body that is the opposite of the essence, they accept all these things and work on them, because these things are to be worked on, because these beings who live on the earth in these conditions 
The pathway for these beings is to become more subtle. The pathway for these beings is to go on to the inner levels. It is for them to become more awakened on the inner levels and in time to go on, to transmigrate to other kinds of humanity. Some of them stay on in this humanity to serve until the end of the cycle, and then they go on to other corporal, physical structures and so forth. And then this issue of the polarities, this issue of harmony is already different. It's already another stage, another level of the process. So the spiritual formation of a human being includes our carrying out experiences in all these lineages and not just one. So we would have to have experiences as contemplatives, as healers, as priests, and in other lineages as well, as mirrors, as governors, as warriors, as wise ones, as prophets, which are names that have certain connotations that are somewhat antiquated. But in spite of having a slightly antiquated connotation, they have the right essence, they have the correct essence, they have the real essence. So when we say that we should be wise ones and prophets in some incarnation, this sounds very strange, but we have to get used to these things. We have to consider them to be normal things for us. They're just normal. In the same way that our monad, our spirits, can be in a healer lineage today, this monad, this spirit someday, has to be in a contemplative lineage, a priestly lineage, and we have to go through all the lineages so that we can synthesize all of this. So when we ask doctors to be healers, we are asking them to expand their consciousness beyond what the laws of medicine have given them, because the laws of medicine have provided one part of these things, but they have not provided the other part, which will only be found, only be discovered within the person's inner self. We don't learn about this other part in any college, all that is given in college is to inform the doctors who, as doctors, should have all this information. Now, the principal part is that other side. The most important is for the doctors to know which method to use, which process to apply, to have the intuition to know how to help an individual become integrated with the inner essence. Because whether we are male or female, whether we are in physical or astral bodies, we have to be in harmony with our inner essence. This is the task that human life must fulfill in this stage. This is the work of the human being. This is the work of the soul in this stage to build this harmony very consciously. And we should apply our energies towards this. We should offer up our energies, offer up our vocation to serve, 
offer up our physical, emotional, and mental forces. It's an offering of our whole being to this. And then these laws that take care of humanity, these laws that govern humanity, the majority of which we don't even know, because if we knew these laws, we would never do certain things. So all these laws that govern humanity are guiding humanity towards this unification, towards this harmonization. So from this we can see the importance of homeopathy in dealing with subtle things, the importance of having available to us substances that have been dynamized, the importance of this for our subtle development, for the treatments that are not only physical and material, but which are psychological treatments, which are subtle treatments, treatments which are on the border between the etheric and the astral levels. And certain allopathic medications cannot reach these levels because they are material medications, whereas homeopathic medications are dynamized. So these have a different quality of permeability. Now this does not place homeopathic medicine above allopathic medicine, do you see? They are simply different, because those who do not have tolerability for this kind of permeation, or those who are not receptive to be treated in this way, such people have to use the other medicine, which for them is basic. What matters is for us to be balanced, to unify these aspects and not cause divisions. We have to unify. So this is very important for doctors of today because doctors are probably noticing that the problems of the patients who come to be treated are not only physical problems. Nowadays they are more than this. Even if someone has an infection, the doctors perceive that behind the infection there is a mind that has bad thoughts. This is a mind that has to be regenerated a mind that has to be treated. And is the doctor going to refer that patient to a psychiatrist? This is what happens. And this is appalling. From the point of view of healing, from the point of view of healing, because when an individual has attuned with you, how is this person going to be sent to someone else to treat the same symptoms? Because the cause is the same. It's only apparently different. So if the person was sent or came to you, if there was an interaction between doctor and patient, how is that doctor going to refer the patient to another doctor to verify some other detail of the patient's organism? So you can see that today we need to deal with everything and not deal with only one part. We have to deal with everything, especially in this field. Now, this person who has requested us to talk about the other lineages, 
We have touched on the healers, contemplatives, and priests only for the intention of this lecture. Otherwise, it would be too lengthy to go into detail about these and the others as well. But you can look this up in the esoteric lexicon. You'll find the names of all seven and many suggestions for each lineage. And the doctors should prepare themselves to expand. If a doctor needs some specialization in order to expand, it's fine to go into the specialization, but not to perfect a certain specialization and to put aside all the others. A doctor can specialize in something in order to add that specialization to what he or she already knows and not to be restricted to a specialism, which is what pharmaceutics want, which is what the pharmaceutical industries want, which is what is pursued by the powerful health professionals throughout the world.